Well, welcome. Good to see everybody this morning. I decided to forego the other headset because it gave me such a hard time last time. So, hey, we get this one. So if you see a black dot in front of my face, it's not a mole. Uh, for those of you who are on TV, it'll be okay. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Hey, we wanted to do a new series this morning. We want to start and talk a little bit more about who we are, who we are here at Redwood. So that way everybody's on the same page and you can decide for yourself whether or not this is, do you agree with this? Is this who you are this morning? So we're going to be going over our core values together. Um, and uh, I wished that I had had the opportunity to give you a list of all of the core values so that you could look them, uh, look at them with your own eyes and ears and, and see for yourself. But they are online on our computer uh, online. If you have a desire, you can check me up to see whether I'm telling you the truth this morning. Once again, I do apologize. I am going to be drinking a lot of water because, uh, like I said, <laughs> I do have a cold. We're going to get through this together. Uh, so our core values here at Redwood, what the heck is a core value? It seemed like everybody decided in the 1990s that core values were an important thing. You got to have a mission statement. You got to have core values. So everybody decided all across the world to say, hey, we're going to have mission statements and core values. So guess what? We have core values, too, but we've always had them. These have been a part of who we are, our DNA here at Redwood for a long time. But together, I want to go through those with you today so that you know as well. Uh, as a church family, we accept that the Bible is true, that it is without mistakes, and it is the standard for the individual and for the church. This is our first core value. We believe that the Bible is true, absolutely true, word for word, letter for letter, perfect. Why? Because it's God's word. This is not human's word. This is not our theology made up from scratch. This is God's word, and we can trust it. So uh, let's turn now to 2 Timothy, uh, and we're going to read together what Timothy, uh, uh, what Paul is writing to Timothy about. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Second Timothy, yes. Thank you for saying that. There's more than one. If you're in First Timothy, it'll, it's not going to match. Okay. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has given us his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with us, and the word uh, the word of God has always been a part of creation. God created the word, and he used words to create the world. Isn't that amazing? Always, from the very beginning, God's word is, is trustworthy, and we can, we can trust it. Uh, and so, forgive me if I'm a little scatterbrained. I'm really struggling this morning. But uh, God is good, and I, I trust him. Uh, we're going to make it through this. So... Um, Lee Strobel uh, is an author. He, there's a great documentary that he did called A Case for Christ. Um, and I highly suggest that if you have an opportunity to watch it, if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Lee Strobel uh, was an atheist. He did not believe that the word of God was true. He thought all of this was made up. It's a bunch of hokey pokey. And so he went and spent many years of his life with one purpose, to disprove 
the gospel of Christ. He wanted to prove that it was made up, that it was fake. And in the process, God changed his life. The word of God came into his heart and his life in a mighty way. Every aspect that he tried to disprove well, was disproven. And so uh, I, would, uh, I would love to be able to uh, share more on that with you this morning, but unfortunately we don't have time. So check it out. Case for Christ, great, great uh, documentary that talks more about how the word of God is something you can trust. Um, second core value this morning, as a church family, we are going to intentionally love people into a relationship with Jesus and help them to grow and mature to be more like Jesus. Why do we do this? We do this because this is what God has called us to do. We love our Lord and Savior, and we want others to be able to love him as well. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is what Jesus has called us to do. As we love our Christ, as we love our Savior, and we love Jesus, we want to share that with other people. It's our desire to be able to do that. So it requires us to be very intentional about what we do. Where we go, who we talk to, all of this is what has been inspired by God. Let's turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, let's read verses 1 through 10. I think this is a great story because Jesus is using this story to help us to understand that all of us, um, excuse me, all of us are worthy to come to know Jesus. All of us have problems. All of us have issues. All of us um, are, have that desire to be one with Christ. And, and so Jesus is using this example here. Um, so Zacchaeus, chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And, there was a, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here <clears throat> here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to them, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus didn't come to pat the, the religious leaders on the back saying, Good job, guys. 
He came to seek and save the lost, and that's our job too. That is why, as a church family, we will intentionally love people into a relationship with Jesus and help them to grow and mature to be like them. A third core value that we have in our church is as a family, as a church family, our worship will be authentic, relevant, done with quality, and directed towards God. I'm reminded many, many times that uh, when I read the Old Testament, that God has asked the, the Hebrew people, he said, was it me that you were worshiping all those years when you wandered in the wilderness for 40 years? Was it me that you were worshiping? And I'm reminded of that um, over and over again. Every time I, I get together with people to worship and praise God, is it God that we're here to worship? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Have we ever at any one, as, as, have we ever um, made it about us? Hmm? Have we ever done that? Of course. The answer is yes. We're all human and we blow it. But the, our desire is for our worship to be authentic, to be relevant, which means it matters to the rest of the world. Okay? So we try to, to do music. We try to do preaching that has relevant topics, things that are going on right now. This is what we do. Um, and, and our desire is to continue to do that. Look at those words really quick. Um, Authentic. Authentic means truth, real. Uh, relevant means now. Uh, the word done with quality means we have to sacrifice. All of us in this congregation have to sacrifice in order to make what we do better. It takes time. It takes energy. And we as a congregation desire to do that. Do you guys hear me this morning? Good, good. You guys are really quiet this morning. I must be too serious. Okay. We're going we're gonna to shaking it up a little bit here. So authentic, realistic. What does that mean? That means if I get up here on stage and my fly is down, that's real. Okay? We don't want that. <laughs> Obviously, live television, yay. Get to be remembered forever as the guy that had his fly down. But, hey, God loves us for who we are. Okay, so we're going to have to be the way we are in front of God. Um, and so that's one of our core values. Uh, fourth core value this morning, <clears throat> as a church family, we are committed to mutually loving, honoring, and respecting each member of the body of Christ, believing that in Christ all people are equal and that all Christians are ministers. We will always strive to extend grace to one another as Christ has extended it to us. That's our goal, is we are all equal in Christ. And, and all of us have an important part in this body here at Redwood. All of us do. We're all parts of the body of Christ, whether we're ears or kneecaps or whatever. We all have that important part to play. And all of us are equal in that calling. There is no kneecap that's above any other kneecap here, you know. Um, and that's, that's a, a really important thing to keep in mind. And so how do we do that? How do we make that work? Let's turn to 1 John. Um, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to read 7 through 11. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, one which you have had since the beginning. 
This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing to you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates their brother or sister is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. And that, that command is simply to love one another. Love one another when we don't feel like loving one another. Love one another when, when we don't deserve it, right? Jesus saved us when we didn't deserve it. So we have to love one another when we don't feel like it, when we don't uh, deserve it. The, uh, let's go ahead and turn back to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 34 through 35. So John chapter 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And love is eternal. Love never never changes. It never gives up. It's always constant. So how in the world can we do this? Ladies and gentlemen, how can we love one another? The answer is simply this. We can't except for God. God is the one who can cause us to love one another. We can't do it on our own. Um, And so there's really no fake in it. There's no faking it because if we are truly loving one another, which is what we desire to do, it's because of God. And if we are loving one another the way that God has called us to do, it proves that he is in our hearts and in our lives here at Redwood. That's why it's such an important core value. Let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians now. Ephesians, we'll talk about how we are all together the same, how we are all one. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 2, and then we'll hop forward a little bit. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm them and do not then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. <laughs> it's because I'm in Galatians. That's why. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, as we turn to Ephesians. Holy cow. I'm saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here we go, Ephesians chapter 5. I need somebody to help me. Can I get an amen? Amen. There we go. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verses uh, 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now scoot forward to 21. And these are the these are the ones that we don't want to hear. Right? Verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holiness and blamelessness. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. So we are the body of Christ, and we are to love each other, and we are all one, and we are all equal. What better way? I mean, I'm so grateful to live in the United States of America where we actually try to acknowledge the fact that we are equal. There are many people who tell us that we are not. There are many people who tell us that they are better than us, but that's okay. I don't need to worry about what they say because the Bible tells me that we are all equal. Okay? Amen. Absolutely. And um, we are all one in Christ. And that's why our core belief as a church family, we are committed to mutually loving, honoring, and respecting each member of the body of Christ, believing that in Christ all people are equal, that all Christians are ministers. So everybody is a minister here. Okay? You might not have that title, or you might not think you have that title, but you are a minister. God has called you for that purpose. Did you know that every single cell in the body does the same thing, right? It exchanges oxygen. It exchanges nutrients. Every cell does that. And so we all have that in common here in the church, that we are all ministers. We've been called to serve Christ, and we do that uh, together. Um, Our fifth core value As a church family, in a loving relationship with Jesus, we are going to sacrifice in order to meet the needs of the non-believer. So this one, this is the serious one. This is the one where we have to be serious about wanting to live for God. If we truly believe that Jesus loves us, we have to sacrifice. For who? For us? No. For the non-believer, because that's what Jesus called us to do, to seek and to save the lost. Okay? So, I mean, you know, I've, I've joked about this from time to time, but if I need to have a heavy metal service to get people to come to Christ, I'd be willing to do it. I need more hair, though. A lot more hair. If it's what it takes to get somebody to come to Christ, then that's what we need. Now, don't worry. It's probably not on the docket for this year. Um, but you know, that's we have to sacrifice. We have to go above and beyond to bring someone into Christ. And guess what? Just as I'm grumpy, just as I'm a miserable person from time to time, so are other people. Right? So we have to learn that when people are hurting, they're going to be hurtful. And it's going to be difficult to share the gospel of Christ with people who, be, who are not saved because they're going to be hurting. But that's what they need. They need the love that Jesus has brought. And so we are going to do that. We are going to sacrifice in order to meet the needs of the nonbeliever. So um, in Matthew chapter 18, we can turn together and see where Jesus talks about that. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change 
and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now let's move on to to verse 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, is he not going to leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This church, if we are not actively seeking to save the lost, we are wasting our time. It is absolutely a waste of time. It's not about the music or the comfortable chairs. We have got to be bringing people in our, um, in our community into Christ. Okay, We need to be immersing them in baptism. We need to be sharing the gospel. And if we're not doing that, ladies and gentlemen, we're wasting our time. Because that's what God has called us to do. So as a church family in a loving relationship with Jesus, we will sacrifice in order to meet the needs of the non-believer. And our sixth core value, as a church family, we are committed to intentionally communicating with the Father through a healthy prayer life as individuals and as a body of believers. So turn with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, prayer is not just us closing our eyes and talking to God. If that was the case, then we would never be able to drive and pray. That was a joke. (laughs) Some do. That's right. Some pray when we drive. Yeah. Obviously, right? So prayer, prayer without ceasing is means, hey, you know, we, we have got to be constantly in touch with the Spirit of God. And the good news is that the Spirit of God dwells in us. When we were accepted Christ, the Spirit of God came into our lives and dwells with us. So let's connect with God. Uh, let's pray without ceasing. It's more of an attitude, but yes, it is very important that we pray. We are a praying church. That's why at the beginning of the church service I said, please let us know what we can be praying for uh, because we do that together. Um, We have families that are hurting right now, and we're going to pray for them this morning. Uh, So let's do that together because we say it, we say it's important, so let's do it right now. Heavenly Father, there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, There's a lot of things that we're concerned about. Above all else, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would be king and God. Now, above all else, your way would be done. Your will would be done. And we lift up the families of, uh, that, that are struggling right now, uh, the families that um, are concerned for their loved ones. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us as a community, that we would be able to glorify you in all things. We love you, and we ask this in your name. 
So we, as a church family, we are committed to intentionally communicating um, <clears throat> with the Father through a healthy prayer life as individuals and as a body of believers. But did you notice that 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 if we if we're fake, if we're fake in our private life, then when we get together, we'll be fake in our public life, right? So we have to be uh, we have to 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 be sincere and honest with God. We have to just lay it all out there. Jesus loves us for who we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. He wants us to constantly to grow. So this morning, the, the whole purpose of today was to let you know a little bit more about who we are here at Redwood, know what our core values are. I want to encourage you to um, look, on, look them up, uh, look, read into them a little bit more. If you have any questions, please contact any of us. We can talk about what our core values are, what they mean. And so uh, we're going to get ready for um, communion now. So I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll get ready for that here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to preach. Thank you for the opportunity to love each other. Thank you that you've given us a nation where it's legal for us to get together. And I pray it always stays that way. But, Lord, this family at Redwood is strong because you're amazing God. And I pray, Lord, that you can help us to always grow bigger, um, that we'd have more people that come to church because that's what our community needs. We love you and we thank you and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.